God save our gracious King, long live our noble King, God save the King. Damon, King of the Stepstones and the Narrow Sea, starring Thomas J. Rennie. What? You're, do you know I created this thing at the start of the program where I do a song and then you say something yeah. back? Your replies as of late are more exciting to me than the song. <laughs> like, I don't know what you're going to say. I don't know where you're going to go. Yeah. I'm just, ex I'm, I'm excited. Yeah. I'm excited about the reveal of the tease. <laughs> that is such a, this is the Week in the Tackle podcast, folks. Uh, my name is Tom Rennie. It's great to have you with us, wherever you are around the world listening to this program. Alongside me, virtually, is the legendary Olympian, California swordsman himself, Mr. Brian Dunseth. How are you, mate? You all right? Yeah, I'm good, Rennie. I'm good. I I had a uh, an, an odd oh. weekend, an odd weekend, trying to figure out exactly what to do with myself without Premier League football because of the postponement due to the death of the Queen. Uh, and as I realized, um, I've been putting off quite a bit of things around the house that I needed to take yes. care of. And I am I am now writing notes. I'm, I'm using the notes app in my phone in the middle of the night as I'm waking up thinking about things I need to do. You to have do. the list on you. Because I've, can, you can you share I've, the list? I've realized I'm that I'm that far behind. Yeah. All bathrooms uh, leaking. Uh, no wall on child's bedroom. <laughs> had to call in the uh, dishwasher repairman oh. because the dishwasher went wonky last night. I've got to take a truck full of donations. Uh, I've got to sell a table, sell a bunk bed. <laughs> I've got to do a bank verification. I've got to deal with some stuff in Cabo. I've got to get some bids on the property. I've got to get a new dumpster. I've got to cut down some oh, branches. Man. I've got to hit RC Willie online because the bedroom set that I bought in person is much cheaper online. So I'm going to see if there's any, you know, see if there's any wiggle room right there. I got to call. I got to call in for hiking in Barcelona for uh, my the apartment that we're staying in when we we're staying there. Uh, in December and January, I've got a I've got a fantasy camp, Rennie. I'm doing a fantasy camp with America First Credit Union on Thursday, where I, I guess I'm the star of the show. This is season two that we're doing the fantasy camp, and then we're having a game on uh, on this Saturday. This is too much. Then, this is too much. And then I have I have my notes. I've got I've got oh, two games this week for MLS, and then I have two games next week that I will be at Bristol at ESPN four. Um, so. Yeah, man. I got oddly. Uh, that was just my notes. That's too much. <laughs> to Those are that's insane. In. That's insanity. That's yeah, far yeah, too many go. notes. Those that's are just far my too notes. many notes. Then the dishwasher breaking. I mean, this is not today's <sighs> quiz, but that's probably like I would say number one of things that I don't want to break. I'd rather the washing machine for the clothes broke because there's a laundrette, but there's mm. no way to sort out. Like people live. A friend of mine. I went to his house a couple of weeks ago, and he doesn't have a dishwasher. Yeah. I I've had him committed. <laughs> Like he is now in an asylum. I'm not yeah. sure he'll ever come out again because he thinks it's okay to wash your own dishes. Now, if you have to, I, I know there are people that can't afford to do it and get a dishwasher, and I appreciate mm. that. But if you mm. can afford to, get a dishwasher because mm. we had that period we had no kitchen for three months. We nearly got divorced. Yeah. Like straight up divorced. Sorry, Tim. Because it just, the, the rows over, because I, I don't like to have the same glass twice. I won't reuse a glass. Really? Um, it's one of my biggest flaws. I won't reuse a cup. I won't reuse a glass. I won't share a knife. When it's used, it's used and I need a new one. I drink a lot. So if I have 10 pints of water a day, which isn't actually too much of an exaggeration and four coffees, 
I will use 14 items. <laughs> Speaking uh, of being committed. Uh, I mean, yeah, this is my wife. My, this is where we got the number in the first place of Arkham Asylum, because my wife called about me and we couldn't afford it. And now we've <laughs> sent my friend Ben never to be seen again in his weird padded cell. Um, that that's too much. You had too much stuff on. I had no stuff on because I obviously yeah. just I live for the Premier League. Like this is my almost my entire job. So I actually had the baby both days this weekend. Mm. And Saturday, I mean, I have worked Saturdays now for maybe 15 years. I've always yeah. worked Saturdays since I've been working age. Yeah. And um Saturday off, unplanned with a day or two's notice is a bizarre world. It's a bizarre there was a point my wife went out and left me with our baby who's like 10 weeks old. And there was a point in midday where I thought, Christ, is life worth it? <laughs> like, what, what exactly does one do at this point? <laughs> like, what are you, what's the, with, without football, what yeah. am I meant to do now? Grab the stroller. And or I just the have, pram. Grab the I just pram. don't, I just don't have enough shared. I have interest, but I don't have shared hmm. interest with people on yeah. a Saturday because it's the football. Uh, so I got uh, young Master Rennie into his pram and walked around Romford Town Centre for four hours mm. and came back with a pack of um, Marks and Spencer trunks, underwear trunks, five uh, five pairs. Boxers. 28 pounds. Okay. No, but boxes are different. Boxes have a, a loose end, whereas trunks tighten up the end, keep your mm. testicles in check, mm. keep the boys in the barracks. Mm. Well, that's I, I English the, terminology. There, I mean, there's, it could there's, be different. Two, there's two types of boxers. Yeah, I agree with you. There, there's, the, there's the keep them nice and fresh, air them out, boxers and then yes yeah the ones that i wear are, are a little bit more fitted still well still, they're still they would be trunks calvin okay. trunks are like trunks oh trunks okay learning yes. learning the language learning the slang learning the slang yes. over here okay. so you you have uh trunks boxers briefs hmm. and bollocks banana hammocks <laughs> those are your four options those yeah the four, four the four the bo bollocks is the banana hammocks that's what you usually see in miami or oh, uh, yeah. tenerife you yeah. see the banana hammock yeah yeah uh, should we start the show? Ballsy move. Speaking of ballsy moves in the last section, I want to talk about the Chelsea manager situation. A couple of statements came out mm. over the last couple of days. There's been no football, of course, in England. Uh, some football elsewhere, which we'll talk about later. But I thought this was really interesting. So Tommy Tuckle, Tommy Tickles, Timmy, uh, Timmy Tuckles, he's not dropping yet. Mm. The amazing thing is that Chelsea sacked him and he'll probably end up being like the next like, Real Madrid manager or something. It's, it's, the whole thing is mad. <laughs> but anyway... Yeah. They've sacked him and that's it. I saw Rodney Marsh's piece on, on Grumpy Pundits on, on Monday, which I thought was really interesting. He's probably right, actually. Uh, it's on the Twitter page now, at SiriusXMFC, if you want to watch it. Uh, I thought he was absolutely right about that. But this isn't about that. This is about statements. Hmm. Uh, so Tuchel put a statement out on his official Twitter page. It's quite brief. So I'll, I'll read it to you, then get your view on it, because it's the other one that really annoyed me. Okay. Uh, but I thought this was interesting, and I know you have a... You're going to miss Tickles. You're going to miss him. He's been, he's been top content for you. My shtick. I won't do the accent. I might do the accent. I'm not going to do the think, accent. I think you should. You should, should try. It? Just the so, open line. Give me the open so, line. So this isn't uh, Tommy Tickles, I should say, before I do this. I, I do. I read Paddington Bear uh, to my oldest child. Hmm. And Mr. Gruber is a key character in Paddington Bear. And I suppose it's quite apt now after the death of Her Majesty. Uh, I'm wearing my black tie for the show today because I've, I've been in central London and that's appropriate. Um, but I do an accent for Mr. Gruber, which in other contexts might be offensive, but I just want people to remember that this is for a child. So if you think this is offensive, you're the scumbag, not me, okay? This is one of the most difficult statements I have ever had to write. And it is one which I hoped I would not need to do for many of the years. 
I am devastated that my time at the Chelsea has come to an end. This is a club where I felt at home, both professionally and personally. Thank you so much to all the staff, the players, and the supporters for making me feel very welcome from the start. Goes a bit high. The pride and joy I felt at helping the team win the Champions League and the Club World Cup will stay with me forever, Mr. Paddington Bear. I am honoured to have been part of this club's great history, and the memories of the last 19 months will always have a special place in the heart. So that was the the Thomas Tuchel. It's like he's in the room. German-French version of Timmy Tickles. I I, I appreciate that. Oh, do you think they had French? I think when you went high... You had you had a, you had a tinge of French when you went high. I was concerned it was going a bit Pakistan, <laughs> and I just I just want to say to that, that back. I, yeah, that I, I just don't think that 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 really I don't think is appropriate. Mm. But that's uh, I mean I'm a white European. That was a white European accent. I think that's okay, mm. and I'm I'm standing by it to be um, determined. <laughs> yes, with apologies to anyone offended by that. But I mean seriously, there's a lot going on. Lighten up, for Christ's sake. But what did you make to the statement that that uh, Tommy Tuchel made? Oh, yes, yeah, so, so many layers to this one. First off, let, let let's start with the low hanging fruit. He he is he is an exceptional coach. See, I said coach. I didn't say mm. manager. I said coach. He's an exceptional coach. You can't take away what he did at Mainz. You can't take away what he did at Borussia Dortmund, even though it didn't end well. You can't take away what or how close he was. The closest so far for PSG winning the Champions League, going to a Champions League final, albeit in COVID restrictions, one-off games, and that's much more beneficial to a team that's built like PSG. Uh, And then how quickly he solidified Chelsea and made them a better group of players in that first, whatever, 50 games. Now, statistically, it'll tell you over his time, which I believe was only like five more games than Frank Lampard was in charge, that... That second phase of his managerial, that that last 50-ish games were nowhere close to what the first 50-ish games looked like. My 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 problem is well documented. I don't know if it's the hat. I don't know if it's the hat. I don't I'm, I'm not it's sure. It's well documented, oh, but no one the, understands it. it. It's just the way he wore his hat that really irritated me. And I, and I'm a flat bill guy. Maybe that's why I'm a flat bill guy. I mean, look at uh, the hat you're wearing. How yeah. dare you criticize someone else for wearing a, flat a, bill, a bro? hat? Southern California through and through, man. You, you, it can, looks you can't a little, take it looks, the 909 out of me. It looks like the hat that a child would wear to kindergarten, the mm. way you wear your hat. That is not an adult hat. Yeah. We, we don't have paperboy delivery hats over here on this side of the pond that are so frequently worn. In yes. the Rennie household. But, and you've got the sticker underneath it as well, which no, is no, meant no, to no, be like cool, sticker. right? No, it's not a sticker. It's an What's emblem. What's that? It's a, it's the emblem. It's, it's not it's like the... $3.99 because you're meant to act like no, you stole it is, to be this, cool. This, this hat, a little bit expensive. It's one of those expensive hats. Okay, all right. It's, uh, so you stole it? No, well, I mean, yes, kind of stole it. It was a, it was a it was a deal. It was a sale. Yeah, there we go. It was um, a gift. There we go. Back, back now to we, tickles. Back to tickles. I have never enjoyed his demeanor on the sideline no there, there's there's a couple managers and listen there, there if, if you're a chelsea guy you're gonna be say well what about Klopp? okay great well what about pep okay great well what about you know you you can you can Arteta. you love conte you love conte i love conte and and there's there's an aggressiveness to conte but his his aggressiveness is more about the demand for what he wants and i, I guess you can say that for timmy tickles as well but i didn't like the just delay uh just I didn't like yes. the hand, 
I didn't like the hands. I didn't like the body language. I didn't like the way he was. You you could tell he was MF in his team. He was MF in his players. He was constantly throwing his hands up in disgust. And I just, I, I told you guys, I, I remember saying this to you guys last year and I, I, I was saying it on counterattack all the time that, that wears thin. When guys look over after they know they make a mistake at this level and they see you throwing your toys all over the place and acting like an asshole, sorry, Tim, constantly, every single game, this isn't about performance accountability. This is about taking it to another level where players then look at you and they take it personally. They take your body language on the sideline personally. And I don't think often that a there, there's there's certain moments in matches tom where you look over at the at the manager on the sideline and he can build you up like you you need that presence right there's there's moments where it's all right let's go it's a positive a positive moment i don't i don't ever feel like watching him on the sidelines whether that was at mainz or Borussia dortmund or psg or now or formerly known as chelsea that he was positively affecting his group of players on the field. Hmm. So one that that's just the body language on the field. Again, phenomenal coach managerial wise. He has a specific personality and that specific personality, along with the trend of what happened at Bruce, the and what happened at PSG with Leonardo, but Leonardo might be a different case, but it still happened at PSG. We all said, it's only a certain amount of time for Chelsea. And, yeah. and, and then it was like, well, yeah, but because of Abramovich and because Abramovich sacks managers. And, you know, there, there was always like an asterisk mark next to it. So mm. now you get Todd Bowley and this fawning over one another and then this incredible amount of money being spent. And all of a sudden now as the whispers, the, the tightly held you know secrets of whispers amongst each other, uh, he's kind of a dick <laughs> or man i gotta get my kid out of this club you know like or the stories in the press of who's yeah. being held hostage who wants to leave who's being pushed out who's being sent on loan all of these variables now when we look back at the transfer window you start to you start to think if you're in Bowley's position and you're watching a manager who you it's not your guy who you yeah. have to create an organic relationship with but you're also looking bigger picture and thinking I don't want to lose this player because he has a bad relationship with the manager or the manager has a bad relationship with him. It goes back to the whole theory. And, and, and this is not no longer theory. It's that players at Chelsea outlast managers. Yeah. That's the always reality. Have, well. So when you go back to the, state, the, the statement really quick, yeah. really quick. On, the statement. It's, on, it's on the statement, but, okay. the sta but what do you make to the fact that he came across really like he was not happy to be fired and he was surprised by it? I think he was genuinely surprised. I think because he was backed in the summer transfer window market, he thought he had time. Um, and I genuinely think that he was heartbroken because he felt like, well, because listen, you know, when your time has come to an end, right? We, we all know this, hmm. w whether you're working for a company and you're like, oh, you know what? It's time to go in a different direction and you feel good about it. You know, there's another opportunity for him. I think I honestly think he he was he was sideswiped by all of this. It caught him completely off guard. I think he thought at least he would get through the international window. 
or mm. to the international window. And if results didn't change or if he didn't mend some fences, that then maybe something particular particular could happen. But as much as as much as I think he genuinely meant some of the words that that he tweeted, and of course a lot of it is also public relations 101. At right. the end of the day, I he he has to hold himself accountable. And I don't think that happens within 48 hours of being sacked. Do you think he's I learned think, lessons from his Chelsea time? From some of the things you said at the top there to this statement, do you think the next job he gets, to. which will be Real Madrid, do you think he'll he's going to be a bit more chill? Well, I, no, I, don't, I, don't, I think he's incapable of it. Right. I think he's incapable. This is the third job. Third job where you clash with people around you. So unless there is a club, a size, a stature, a belief, a support system, an infrastructure that either he can adhere to or they could adhere to him, there's this guy wants to be he wants to rule with the iron fist he wants mm. full control he wants as much control as possible until that becomes too much so he wants it on his terms his ways by god he better get it or if he gets his legs cut out from underneath him well then he's disappointed but i, I still think as much as we want to say this is about results i think this is about personality i think it's about perception and i think ultimately it's about the inability to foster relationships needed collectively, not just individually. And individually within the collective arguably might be even more important. But maybe we know now why Romelu Lukaku was only sent on loan for a single year as opposed to being sold back, even though the money was never going to work out with Inter Milan. That's one statement from this week. The other one is the one that really interests me, and that's from Graham Potter. Uh, he's the now manager of Chelsea. Of course, he was the manager of Brighton and Hove Albion. Mm. And I've I, I got to tell you this. Now, I want to start with this because it's gonna. I've got a lot of negativity to get yeah. out about this point. But I do want to say there's some positivity about it, being that I think Graham Potter is clearly and um, obviously a nice person, a good mm. person, an intelligent person. I think he's obviously got that degree in emotional intelligence. And you can tell that he's very good at making everyone happy in his company and want to hire him, want to work with him, want to do what he's asked them to do. That is all patently obvious and borne out by the, the fruits of his labor and the evidence, right? I think he's a good manager. I think he's going to do well at Chelsea uh, for the 18 months before he gets sacked. And I'm delighted to see an Englishman managing in the Champions League. Okay. So I want to get that out there first before I say, cough, Graham. Sorry, Tim, because I don't know the sensibilities of a Brighton fan, okay? I'm not a Brighton fan. The only thing I really know about Brighton is they're definitely going to beat West Ham in all scenarios whenever it happens. That's the only thing I really know. And people will know as well, I lived in Brighton for years at university. I have a fondness for the city, a fondness for the club, and I want Brighton to do well, except when they play West Ham, which is just so painful at this point. So I don't know Brighton. I'm not a Brighton fan is basically the point I'm making here, but I, I think of them fondly. But for Graham Potter to post an open letter to Brighton fans, having walked out on them, whichever way you slice this, yeah, yeah. walked out on them mid-season with a club moving in the right direction, a club that was playing at a horrible ground for years and years and years. They had no home for years and years and years. We know the story of Brighton at this point and what Tony Bloom has done for them. We know as well, modern Brighton is almost sold to the ambitious as a stepping stone. So I get that. I know that. I understand that. 
But if I'm a Brighton fan, and again, I'm not a Brighton fan, but I'm putting myself in their shoes as a football fan. If my manager left my club and went to a rival club in our league and sent a letter like this of saccharine, sycophantic, condescending, supercilious, superior, patronising, imperious crap, if he then posted on my club's website something like that, I'm sorry, my time for them would come to an end. Mm. What I want is my team to do well. What I want is my team to win. What I want is my team to win the league. And I know there is this cabal, this top six cabal, who bring up the drawbridge after them and don't want you to succeed. I understand that. It needs to be broken up. I'd love to see it broken up. And it has to get broken up. Otherwise, the Premier League is going to go 90 Serie A way. It has to happen. But I wouldn't accept my manager saying, well, I've taken the step up to Chelsea. Cheers, everybody. Mm. To quote Graham Potter, this has been three wonderful years with a club that has changed my life. And I want to take a moment to say goodbye to all of you who have made it such a special period of my career. Graham Potter is like Leonardo DiCaprio when his girlfriend turns 25. <laughs> this is utterly, utterly unacceptable to me as a football fan. If mm. you leave, that's fine. If you've got reasons for leaving, that's fine. They're clear for us all to see. No one listening to this is stupid. He wants to go to Chelsea. He's an ambitious man. He wants to be in the Champions League. And that's all absolutely fine. And Brighton have made out with a lot of money from his sale, plus their profile from Potter's time in charge has gone through the roof. That's yeah. all fantastic. Yep. But don't come back. Don't come back here and tell me how much you love me. Don't come back here and tell me how happy you were during our time together. This mm. is like first girlfriend stuff. This is like your college girlfriend stuff. And you moved on to your wife now. And now you have a conversation with your old girlfriend who you used to know and say, look, it's not you, it's me. Hmm. And I want to say you're wonderful. And I want to say you're beautiful. And I want to wish you all the happiness in the world. But this is my new wife. Isn't she gorgeous? Huh? <laughs> isn't she lovely? It's, Tina, come over. This is Tina. She's like you, but better in every conceivable way. She's rich. She's sexy. We're having kids. She's a millionaire. And you 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 but love me though but but love me still but love me still though yeah i know i left you i know i left you but you know have a lovely happy life in brighton i live in west london now yeah i got a lovely townhouse in kensington yeah it's beautiful have a lovely time in hove i uh, hope you have a wonderful life with a local man that you marry probably works down the dump or something does he oh good for you good for you hope you and your new husband are really happy. Good for you. This is Tina. She's a millionaire. We've got a lovely house in Kensington. Yeah. Anyway, bye, Toodles. Bye, bye, mm. bye, Toodles. It's, it was awful. Mm. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No. If you go, you go. And I have no issue with handshakes all round. But mm. when he comes back with his new wife and his new job and his fancy car and his great new job and his loads of money and his Champions League experience and his wonderful European midweeks away. I hope he goes back to Brighton and they beat them 10-0. <laughs> and then I want him to go to every single Brighton fan after that game and read them his saccharine, sickening open letter. And I hope every one of them takes it off him, bit of paper, rolls it up and shoves it right up his ass, figuratively, not literally, because I don't support physical abuse.
Thoughts? You, 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 you forgot a sorry Tim in there as well. Can we dropped say a, us? We could uh, say no, no, Dick. No, you, you, you dropped an F-bomb in there. Uh, oh, but, you know, sorry, sorry, Tim. Uh, Using I, my club as a stepping stone and expecting you. me to be happy about it. Well, Disgusting. so, so th- this is what we do now, right? We we do this 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 PR thing. And but by the way, I, I don't think I don't think for an instant he's not genuine in having those feelings. Absolutely. But I, 100%. I, I, I agree with you hundred percent in that if you're Brighton fans, you're like oh, 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 hold on. Hold on. Who was like, I to you? Yeah, Who was I because, to you? Your fancy woman. <laughs> Are you Tina? I wasn't hey. Tina. Um, th- this is the other thing, right? We, 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 we find ourselves in moments when certain jobs open up, and we we saw this with Arsenal a few years ago. We saw this with Everton a year and a half ago. Graham Potter was asked, you know, he he Everton wanted him. They wanted to go get Graham Potter. Graham Potter was like, "Why would I go to Everton? Smart move." Um, especially with <laughs> what they were building at the time, and what a complete disaster Everton Football Club was in and continues to be in um, the Arsenal job before Arteta got it. Remember what old Brendan Rogers was doing at Leicester city. Oh, why would I leave Leicester city? We're in champions league football. Everything is great. I've, that got, Jamie, I've got Jamie Vardy up top. He's fantastic. Lacazade and vodka. It's his magic potion. I don't know if that's true. That's just a, no. It's, so, no. It could be. I'm not sure. To be fair, though, the wife would leak it, so we'll find out <laughs> soon. Find his phone. It's probably in the bottom of the ocean. Uh, this is this is these are the opportunities, but we also do it. You know where where we look at British managers and we say, okay, mm-hmm. who's the next British manager? For a long time, it was Eddie Howe and what he was doing at Bournemouth. Then it was Sean Dyche, even though Dyche football could have translate to Champions League football if, or would he have to change his style? Um, th- those were like the main ones, right? We, we've, mm. we've checked all those boxes. So there's a part of me that's incredibly happy for Graham Potter to get this opportunity, considering I remember doing... An I'm not Brian fan. Me too. I'm yeah. happy for him. And and and, this, and yeah, seeing you know when Arsenal went up there and played him and what this was like you you know this this whole mythical story of an Englishman coaching in Sweden and what this all looked like. So to see it, it's great. But I agree with you. There comes a point where we, I don't like, just leave gracefully. Leave gracefully. Pop- when you break up with somebody, yeah. you don't need to meet them again another mm-hmm. time to hash it all out again. Yeah. We know why you've gone. We accept that you've gone. We've been paid for it. it I, I always use the expression handshakes all round. Hmm. I, I, there's no negative for me in handshakes all round. Thank Thanks you. for your efforts. Yeah. Cheers. Goodbye. Yeah. To do this letter, you know, it, it just, do you know what? For a man of such emotional intelligence, he doesn't seem to understand the emotions of the football fan. <laughs> and maybe Brighton fans, as I said at the top of this, hmm. maybe I don't understand them. Maybe they're grateful. Maybe they're grateful for what Graham Potter has done and they wish him well. And they're happy to always be below Chelsea forever and a day. Hmm. Maybe they're happy. Maybe they're monarchists. Maybe this is who they are. I don't know. Maybe they've got no understanding of their self-worth and what the club could be worth and how despicable it is. There's a top six cabal that prevents the others from making the top summit because of the incredible financial hoarding of players and wealth there has been because of the influx of the Champions League money. Maybe they're happy with it. But if this happened to my team... I tell you what, I would not be. I'd be furious. And I have a lot of respect for any Brighton fan that would reject this notion. They should reject this notion. They could potentially have made the top four this year. Mm. 
the way things were going. And they've had the, the momentary glimpse of a dream gone like that in Potter leaving. And now they've got to take this letter like, thank you. Mm. I'll thank you for everything you did for me, Brighton. Mm -hmm. Thank you for being my stepping stone. Mm. I've got more respect for Brighton than that. Grandpa doesn't. Simple as that. So this story is unbelievable. I, I did want to do this. There wasn't any Premier League football this weekend, but there was loads of football elsewhere, right? But I'm not an expert in other leagues and things, so people don't come to this podcast for what I think of Italian football this week. There's better podcasts for that. But here's what I think of Italian football this week. Uh, this goal in the game between Juventus and... Salonitana? Yeah. I always get that. I always say it wrong. Yeah, no, you said it right. You were good. I, I, I stumbled over it there because I, 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 I'd written it, it down. Yeah, you caught it. <laughs> I'd written it down to say it properly, but then tried to read my own writing and it didn't work. Anyway, the other team. And um, the Fiat Puntos against the other team. Anyway, this is incredible, right? So there's a stoppage time winner for Juventus. Um, Milik scores. Mm-hmm. But the goal is disallowed mm. because Bonucci is offside, right? That's the call. So it's allowed to stand, this goal. It's a goal. And yet, hold on a minute, VAR is going to look at something. And Bonucci's leg is clearly sticking out beyond the last defender when Milik's header goes in. Now, Milik, in celebration, took his shirt off, got a second yellow card, and was sent off. And I wanted to read you this. Uh, this is the... Um, this is kind of like the chronological video printer of the game from 83 mm. minutes to 100 minutes as it was. Here we go. Milik booked. Bonucci misses penalty. Bonucci scores. Milik scores. Goal disallowed. Bonucci offside. Milik. Milik second yellow. Sent off. Allegri not on pitch. Sent off. A an incredible few minutes, right? Yeah. And but then you forgot Fazio and Quadrado both got red cards for coming together as well in the melee, right when the referee yes. was going over to check the VAR monitor. So why this story is unbelievable is not just because it had this incredible end and VAR once again came to a controversial last second decision. The game at mm -hmm. one point was 2-0 uh, to Salonitana and then they got it back to 2-2 and it's all drama anyway, right? And it's obviously David Goliath. There's so much going on. Fantastic entertainment. Now, here's why it's funny. The Italian Referees Association came out on Monday to say that there was an image not available to the VAR when they made the decision. Mm. Sky Italy have been studying the footage. Now, let's say all the cameras are looking uh, west to east. Well, suddenly there's a camera angle east to west, which yep. shows yep. a Salonitano player, Antonio Candreva, yep, Candreva, playing everybody on side. Yeah. And Sky Italy on the day have literally posted Bonucci as a measurement was 3.42 meters away from the goal line. Candreva is 2.9 meters away from the end line, which means he is half a meter yeah. playing him on side, yeah. but he's not in the original shot. And they came out, Danny. They came out and said, yeah, we didn't see that one. Yeah, so I mean, I, as you I mean, said, I, I went back and watched it. It is a, it's about, I think there's a four minute, like 58 second clip over here on uh, CBS Sports, is who covers uh, our Serie A coverage here in the States. And they do a great job. Um, but watching this, I go back and I'll watch, I watch the game in real time, or I watch the clip, and then I watch the last few minutes of the match. And Milik, great goal. Bonucci, I don't think interferes with the goalkeeper anyways. I know he's in and around the area, but I don't think it adjusts the sight line 
for the referee or for, for the goalkeeper, excuse me, as it went far post side net to goalkeeper's left. And Benucci's kind of, I would say, within five yards of the goalkeeper, but obviously tries to make an attempt to get on get a touch on the ball, but he, he's not even close to touching the ball. Millet gets sent off. Uh, we see the images as the referee runs over to VAR to the sorry to the field side monitor, pitch side monitor. In Italy, you have to run past the fourth official between the two benches, and it's kind of under the stand, so it's hidden. And then security mm. comes around. There's like four guys that come around and try to separate the any of the any of the players from the referees. As he's coming in, that's where handbags start going off. Everything's going sideways. Milik's already down the tunnel, and that's when you could tell there was going to be big, big issues. I, I got to be honest with you. I didn't watch the game in real time. I saw the first image and I was like, well, how in the world could VAR get this so wrong? Then when you watch the game itself, you realize the referee was never shown the image. Yeah. So the referee through no fault of his own gets completely hung out to dry. This is on VAR, the assistant VAR. This is the guy who has every single He's got access to every single image, every single angle, every single camera that's inside the stadium. I know they have a short amount of time to do so, but Rennie, you 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 can't. You you have to have. There's got to be. Outside is two cameras. Two, it's the one on the right, the one on the left. That's, that's it. it. That's it. You you have to be able to take a look at both to make sure that you're getting the entire field. You're getting the width of the field in the shot to make sure situations like this work. Kandreva most obviously keeps Banucci in an onside position, no matter what, that even if he's making an attempt to play the ball, he's still in an onside position. There's no interfering with the goalkeeper. So yeah, horrible. I, f- I feel for everyone involved. These are big points dropped for you. Now mm-hmm. you have player and well, you have two players and a manager sent off and those are going to be withheld. And those are going to stand. Yeah. And now you have what we've talked about for the last couple of weeks is, uh, oh, sorry. 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 So, sorry, guys. Sorry. Sorry, Tim. Sorry, guys. Sorry, Tim, that you had I to mean, go to an engagement party. Yeah. Well, sorry. to be fair, any party you can possibly go to now is if you're over 25 and get invited to a party, just go. Oh, just go to the party. Steelers game might be a horrible yeah. time. Yeah. I don't know what any of that means. Um, Last week on the show, we did the Chelsea West Ham thing, which feels like another lifetime now, mm. right? Um, and that I said to you at the time, we put it out on social media. That was such a fundamental shift for me with VAR because it was just so bad. Yep. And I know the Newcastle one was bad that day as well, but as we discussed at length, there were there were parts of it they actually got right, not the decision, but the process, the protocols, the review, you know, checking what the referee did did at the time, all that sort of stuff. West Ham was wrong all over, and I. I over this week, I've tried to recover from it. I'm, try- mm. I'm trying to recover from just how mm. bad that was. And I'm not there. Um, but this is just a huge dagger into my belief in VAR. It's, my, it's a huge dagger into a belief that humans can be trusted with this. Like, can humans be trusted? It's like Jurassic Park. Mm. We spent so much time debating whether we could. Maybe we didn't spend enough time thinking whether we should. Mm. As Jeff Goldblum famously put with his shirt open in the film he was an attractive man in the 90s still is um but this is it's just it's just so bad it's it's just it's inexplicable and then they've come out and said oh they didn't get this camera and like fair enough look i I understand that juventus gonna have issues with it big points dropped and all that sort of stuff but i don't care about juventus because i 
you know, A, I'm not a fan, and B, isn't it nice to think of Andrea Agnelli being upset, driving his little Fiat Punto home in traffic? Beep, beep. Just so happy to make him sad. He deserves Fix it again, Tony. He's a garbage man. Uh, and there's a garbage car. It's like a shaver for children. Don't buy them. Um, there's like plastic on the outside. It's not an That's why they're fix it again, Tony. Yeah, I got the joke. It was oh, good. It was good. Doubling down. Doubling People down. got it. It was good. It's a good gag. And we're going to run with it. But it just, it was so bad. And there was two things I thought actually after this. Firstly, it's, it's a despicable decision. It's so bad. And everyone involved needs to be just, they, they need to be gone or they need to be on a training camp or something. Uh, there's a great Twitter page called not underscore Morata, which I thought was really, really funny. Uh, here's the quote from them. Just smash my 4K 32-inch TV in front of over 30 guests at my cocktail party because of Juventus performance today. My wife just took our kids crying out of the room and said they're all spending the night in a hotel. Juve has ruined my life and my party. I can't do this any longer. Goodbye. And on the one hand, that's insane. Mm. On the other hand, yeah, 100%. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. Well, what, does it surprise you that his uh, his Twitter handle is including Murata? I mean, that that's destined for disappointment. If yes. There's positively or negatively, you include Alvaro Murata's name in a Twitter handle and or description of a Twitter yeah. handle, you are doomed for disappointment. And he also way, updates his uh, his his name every day, the top name, and it's now and it's to, it's now currently 660 days until Shedney's contract runs out. <laughs> I think a lot of UVA fans feel the same way. By the way, did, did you know that our, our, our former acquaintance at SiriusXM, Andrew Williams, uh, mm-hmm. was not a huge Alvaro Morata fan? Did you know that? Why would I know that? Well, because on counterattack, it was very well established. So Miola and I, when we went down to the All-Star game and Atletico Madrid was playing the MLS All-Stars in Orlando, mm-hmm. we had the opportunity to sit down with Alvaro Morata. Oh, Andrew Williams was away on his honeymoon. See, Tim, now that's something to celebrate. Uh, and at, <laughs> while he was away on his honeymoon, yeah. we got Alvaro Morata to wish Andrew Williams a congratulatory message about his wedding to his beloved. And we oh. played it upon his return to counterattack. And if I'd ever seen someone in a mental pretzel physically... That was the day where Andrew Williams was in a physical mental pretzel because yeah. Alvaro Morata, one of the most disliked players that he had ever seen. And this is saying a lot because Marcos Alonso played at, at Chelsea uh, that he had to listen to Alvaro Morata wish him a congratulatory wedding uh, with his wife. And he didn't Tremendous. know what to do. Yeah. Tremendous. Do. Thank you, Alvaro. <laughs> Don't come back. <laughs> he was broken. What a weird he, sentiment. Good, good guy. Yeah, yeah, it's a nice guy. I mean, finally on this Italy thing, I've written the joke, so I'm going to do it. Um, the story is unbelievable. It's mm. unbelievably funny as well. We, we should say that because we have spent weeks and weeks and weeks now saying how bad the English refereeing is, and it is. But I say that not knowing as much about Spanish refereeing and Italian officiating as maybe I, can, I could do and, and can do. Um, this is the worst. This is the worst decision by VAR ever, full stop. This is worse than Chelsea West Ham. This is mm. worse because there's no element of subjectivity to it. Factual. But it's yeah. really funny that it happened in Italy. It's really funny. I hope Mike Riley enjoyed his weekend. It's like Brexit would be hysterical if it happened to Italy and not us. 
Diego Costa's back. We should touch mm. on that. Uh, Diego Costa has returned to the Premier League. He signed for Wolverhampton Wanderers on a deal until the end of the season. We look forward to 10 appearances, one goal, two reds and one hamstring pull. Um, but I wanted to bring it up because they unveiled him. Mm. So the videos now are stupid. They've gone too far. Just do a PDF on the website, okay? Sack your media teams who do these ridiculous videos for Twitter banter. And just do a PDF on the website. Can we just be adults a bit, a bit? Um, anyway, Diego Costa was filmed with three wolves, mm. three actual wolves being held on a chain at his unveiling. Of course, Wolverhampton Wanderers are wolves. Um, he gave this statement afterwards. They said, wow, Diego, that was incredible. You're one of the hardest men in football. You're a real tough guy. You must have loved holding those wolves. Diego Costa said, no, I was scared to death. <laughs> holding that chain, I kept thinking, what if this wolf thinks about jumping on top of me? Yeah. And then three of them did. He went on because the lady training them kept calling them, asking them to move around a little. And the dog and the dog, the wolves didn't do a single thing. And I thought, if they're not doing anything for the trainer, if they come... <laughs> and they smell my foot, they're going to eat me. They're not listening to the trainer. I was scared then. Those were wolves, mm. not dogs. They were actual wolves. It was a cool experience, but not a comfortable one. Mm. I've got five dogs. They're not wolves. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited that he's back. Well, remember, for, for Zlatan Ibrahimovic, when he came to LA Galaxy, a lot of people won't remember this, but they actually had a real lion. A what? real lion with him on the announcement for the LA Galaxy move once he left Manchester United. Like Zlatan and Roy. Zlatan and Roy. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, I, the, well, let's start with Diego Costa. I'm so excited. I'm so excited for him to be back in the Premier League. I love me some Diego Costa. That same trip, Atletico Madrid down in Orlando against MLS All Stars, Miola and I just, we were just app training watching Simeone and, and Diego Costa. Diego Costa is a massive prankster, massive prankster. Mm. He, he, he's going to inject so much personality into a squad that doesn't have a lot of personality. And you're right. He probably, he's, he's not the Diego Costa that was at Chelsea football club, right? He's, he's just not his, everything is, is not the same and that's fine. But what is the same and might be even more than what we remember is his antagonistic nature will be at full tilt from the moment that he steps on the field till the moment that that final whistle blows and or he's been sent off. Diego Costa will agitate. He will do everything in his power to distract the focus of any team, any, in, in, any individual player. And he is going to do everything in his power, whether it's stepping on, stepping on toes, whether it's putting a thumb in the rib, whether it's a pinch underneath the armpit, a tug of the armpit hair, a grab of the ear, you know, face-to-face -face mouth breather. He is going to be doing all of this. So I'm so, so, so incredibly excited to have him back. And yeah, man, wolves, no thanks. No, no thanks. I don't want to be holding a chain with three wolves, wolves at the end of them. Hell no, I don't want to die. I've been like, here, hold these wolves. Like, nope, no thank you.
So last thing for this week is that we didn't realize how much content we actually had, but this is Rennie and Dunny Podcast America, so of course we had the content. But we did ask for a bunch of uh, questions from our listeners uh, on my Twitter page, at Thomas J. Rennie. Uh, that's Thomas Judas Rennie. Um, and uh, on at SiriusXMFC as well. Or could it be Tom Jizz Horncamp Rennie? There's no way of knowing. Um, Mr. Tim Horsey, our glorious leader, has been collating some of your questions. We'll do as many as we can today, and we've got some more on Friday as well. So we've got so many questions that we might not be able to do them all today, um, because statistically, people don't listen for longer than about 55 minutes. So if we're already getting to that point, no one's listening to this anyway. Mm. So we can just call all our audience wherever we want now, because no one's listening. You pricks! Uh, so that's a treat for anyone who is still listening. Um, Tim, what do you got for us? Yeah, congrats to all those listeners, those four people still listening and being called pricks by Tom Jizhorn Camp Ready. Uh, yeah, like you said, we have a ton of questions and we always appreciate them sending in. We kind of stockpile them for later episodes as well, if you'd like to have them. But we're going to start with this one from Warren. I thought this was interesting. And over to you guys, Tom, I guess I could start with you or this is more of a collaborative question. What is the origin story of the Week in the Tackle podcast? Hmm. Oh, do you want to feel that, Danny? Yeah, so I think the relationship with us started during the lockdown when we did the FIFA. What were we calling that? The the FIFA generated draft. Yeah, draft. yeah and and so we all the entire Sirius XM crew jumped on. We we drafted our players. We drafted our eleven, and then we we had these games. The 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 crew built these teams, and we ended up watching a computer generated game, and it ended up being Rennie and I playing against each other on two occasions. Um, but we would we would provide the audio along with the video and you and I, we just had a blast. And then mm. I think, uh, well, at least I had a blast. I don't know if you had a blast, but I had a blast with it working with you. Uh, and then I can specifically remember I was out on a walk. Um, I was out on a walk with my dog and I, I sent you a message on WhatsApp. And on that message, I said, you know, I, I like, Hey, do you have five minutes? Jump on a call really quick. And during that call, I just said, you know, we, Hey, we were having a blast together on this. What if we pitched the idea of doing a podcast together? Um, and that kind of, I think you were open to the idea. I know at the time we were all kind of figuring out financially how to provide for our families, what this next stage of coming out of a pandemic was going to look like, and ultimately what this, uh, these opportunities could look like on a different platform other than a daily show on SiriusXM FC because of you being with Grand Proponents, me being with Counterattack. Um, so we figured it out. Obviously, our, our good friend, f***ing Tim Horsey. Sorry, Tim. Uh, was unfortunately placed within our purview to be a part of this and try to figure out ways to manage us. Uh, we got the official okay. It took much longer than we expected, mm. uh, but not as long as the uh, the artwork took. Am I right, Tim? Uh, <laughs> the artwork is it's it's great now, especially the great. bit where part of my glasses is still the original wall I was standing in front of because no one has the uh, dexterity to take the uh, the orange out of it. So I've sent some new pictures along now. Okay. That can't that you'd think they can't be ruined, hmm. but apparently it's very hard to cut around my perfectly rounded head because <laughs> my gotta... head my head looks massive in all the pictures of my head in it. But my head actually looks I think it looks like it fits my body. It's proportionate, yeah. I but mean... not in any picture that's ever had it. You know, me you've got a good it. round head, Rennie. Yes. You've got a good round head. Which is actually something now. Uh, our boy is a few weeks old, as you know, and um, he's Ed. Because my nephew, I mean, he, he might be listening. He's got a right wonky head. And the Rennies go bald, mm. right? And it's because, you know, when they come out, they have the soft skull. And then yeah. if you don't then start thinking about the skull early, yeah, eventually they have a flat head, which is fine if you keep your hair. If you've got Tim Horsey's luscious, glorious, 
90s Hugh Grant main, yeah. um, then that's absolutely fine. You know, you can have the, he might have like a triangular head for all we know. He could be Dan Aykroyd for all we know. There's no way of knowing. We'll never know. <laughs> Look at poor Thomas Tuckle, can't wear a cap. Mm. And you've been digging him out for weeks. That's because his parents never took care of his skull when he was a mm. baby. Uh, and so and my parents did the same to me. So they took care of my skull on various pillows and things when I was a baby. So it's perfectly rounded. Mm. And if, if you're going to go bald, and statistically, 70% of all men and 100% of all Rennies go bald, um, you've got to look after the head. Mm. I don't know where that began, but that's just great advice. So that that's the origin story there, I guess. We we ended up on <laughs> round heads, uh, but yeah, yes. hopefully that hopefully that answered your question, Warren. Um, see, I have a couple soccer slash football related questions, but frankly, they're just not as good. So I just want to not do those, and and we can send those in at, at any time, and obviously we'll read those as well. But I, I like this one from Alex, uh, and it's it's a sport crossover question, and mm. it says, Dunny. Which soccer uh, sport or team would you take Tom to in the United States slash North America? And Dunny, or excuse me, Tom, same question for you. Where would you take Dunny? Which non-soccer sport slash team would you take Dunny to in England or Great Britain? Oh, that's a good one. Wow. That's a really good one. So I noted me, that Tom hates all sports that aren't yeah. soccer. So yeah, choose wisely, I guess. Yeah. So I, I'm a Clippers guy for basketball growing up in Southern California. I hate the Dodgers. I hate the Lakers. I hate the Kings. I hate the Raiders. I hate the Rams. I want nothing to do with any of them. Um, so I, I was a Clippers guy growing up. Tom, for, for you to understand, the Clippers were terrible. They've, they have historically been terrible. We had a we had a decent run with Chris Paul and Blake Griffin probably like six seven years ago. Uh, regenerated now, we'll see if Kawhi stays around. They hopefully will be much much better than Lakers because them. Sorry, Tim. I hate the Lakers. I hate I hate that fan base. Oh, it, whatever the worst fan base is uh, over in England for football, that is what the Lakers are for Millwall. the NBA. Okay, so they're Millwall fans. So that's basically what Millwall. Anyways, uh, I would take you to Clippers game. I, I would take. I would okay. take you. I'd want to go see a Clippers game with you. I think you would have fun. We'd have a bunch of beers. Have have a couple hot dogs. Maybe hit the nacho stand. Yep. Um, you know, let's stay away from the pretzels. They just make. You uh, sorry, Tim. Um, but yeah, I, I would say Clippers game. I one game. I, I was gonna say I'm also a Saints fan. See, back when I was my 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 what, parents. What's that? I don't know. What that is. So New Orleans Saints is a football team. I became a Saints fan when my stepfather married my mom. We, I was like six years old. He's a Detroit Lions fan. We were watching the game. They were at, uh, they were at the Superdome, and the Saints were so bad, so bad in the '80s that they would wear paper shopping bags over their heads, and they cut the eyes out, and it would say "Ain'ts," not Saints. It would just say "Ain'ts." Uh, and so I, I asked the question, like, why, why are they doing that? Like, oh, they're terrible. They're one of the worst football teams ever. And I was like, well, that's my team. I, I like bad teams. So I would love to say I'd love to take you to a, a Saints game, but I've never been lucky enough to go down to New Orleans. I've been able to go down there uh, to New Orleans and, uh, and see a game. So, yeah, I'm going to stick with Clippers. I've seen plenty of Clipper games. So I do like some other sports. Um, I, I like golf. I'm a big mm. golf fan. I, I say big golf fan. I like it. I'll watch it. I'll watch the the kind of major championships and the open. Mm. And I like to play if I can when there's time. But I mean, again, I, I wouldn't say I was a golf like nut. Some yeah. people, some people love it. My God, they hate their wives. They love to golf. Um, I also, but the other sport I really like is cricket. I just, I love the game. I love everything about the game. So I would take Dunny 
there's two um there's two things here number one is that there's so many forms of cricket it's a sport desperate to sabotage itself <laughs> but there's two different things um that, that i would take him to number one is a a 2020 match okay. uh where both teams have 20 overs which is six balls 20 times to a get as many runs as they can b get all the wickets right um, and so I go to see Middlesex a fair amount at the Oval a couple of times a year, fair amount. Uh, there's also Essex near me. But if possible, uh, day three of a test match, which mm. is a five-day match, England just beat South Africa in the most recent uh, uh, match, again at the Oval, um, which is in sort of uh, in London. And it's just, ah, oh, it's such a fantastic day, right? You'll get there sort of like baseball, but like a proper sport. Uh, it's easier to follow. And, and that says something about cricket and baseball. It's easier to follow. But you basically get there in the morning and they have three sessions of two hours. There's like a break in between the sessions. Uh, and you go with a big group of friends and you make pals with everyone else who's there. And there's loads of food. You can take your own food in. So you take a nice kind of fancy packed lunch. And if you go to the Oval, there's nice pubs around because you're in London. It's all very nice, sort of southish, sort of immediate south you, you get in the sort of clapham area and whatnot so a day at the cricket a day at the test match uh preferably day three because tests don't really go for five days now because the game has changed so much everyone's trying to get loads of runs you used to have to like dig in for days to get a century now they're whacking it all over the place um because of the so many different types of the game now but that's what i would do i think that a day at the test and I, i'd advise that to anyone if you ever able to get a day at the test you can get a day at an ashes test between england and australia um, you're going to have the funnest day. And it's the difference between that. You know, this is why this weekend the, the, the cricket went on and we saw God Save the King and that sort of stuff, because it's just a, it's not as adversarial. It is, but in a more Mickey taking kind of way, as opposed to a punch up in the aisles kind of way. So you might sit next to an Australian mm. at the game and be able to have some fun as opposed to sit next to a Millwall fan and it's fisticuffs. I, I love the fisticuffs and that's just for uh, the, the three of us on this zoom call uh, listening right now. Um, let's see the bring your own food thing, by the way, is so underrated on that, Tom, where you mm. don't have to pay, you know, exorbitant prices for mediocre stadium food. You can bring your own yeah. stuff. Uh, let's do a soccer related one here from Kyle. He says it could be too early in the season, but have your top four finishers from the preseason changed in your mind? My top four as of right now, Man City, Tottenham, Arsenal. And then he has a question mark at four. He says, I want to say Liverpool, but they've really been struggling. Not sure if Chelsea's there yet. And United has been decent form, but uh, will it last? So guys, hmm. has your top four changed at all since the start of the season based on what you've seen? Not for me. Not for me. I have Man City. I have Liverpool. I've got Man United at third, and I've got Tottenham at fourth. So despite a terrible, frantic, death-defying start for Eric Eithog at the time, yeah, man, I'm right on track. I feel comfy with my top four right now. Uh, I would probably change mine, actually. Um, so I had Man City followed by Liverpool, then Tottenham, then Chelsea. I'd probably change that. Still Man City. I'm never changing that. I might move Tottenham into second. Mm. I might move Arsenal into the top four. I'll do it. And then I might look at Man United because Liverpool looks so poor currently and they need a transfer window to add some, some depth to the squad. Mm. And Chelsea with Graham Potter is such a mixed thing you're not, now. You're not feeling Tottenham? You're not feeling Tottenham in the Lego helmet? No, they go higher up. I have a, oh, okay. I'm third. Got I'd put them second okay. now. Okay. So it, I would it, say City, Tottenham... Arsenal, Man United would be my four if I was picking today with Chelsea fifth and Liverpool sixth. 
And West Ham are the one I had him in seventh. I'd probably be looking at about 13th for West Ham now, the way the start's gone. <laughs> All right, real quickly, one more here, guys. And again, you can always send question, uh, questions in at Tim Horsey, at Thomas J. Rennie, at Brian Dunseth, at SiriusXMFC. We'll see them and we kind of collate them as we go. And, and if they are, they're not time sensitive, we might keep them for a little later as well. But this one from Matt, we're going to end on this, guys. And I assume this is for ice cream. He just goes, why is vanilla the finest of the flavors? <laughs> Most mixable. Right, it's the easiest, most mixable. Uh, nobody, nobody eats vanilla ice cream just to eat vanilla ice cream. You I choose, do. you choose vanilla ice cream to put a topping on, to put some sprinkles on, oh, to mix agree. it with a root beer float, to throw some vodka on it if you need to, to, to just add up your day. But yeah, no, I mean, listen, mint and chip is the way to go. Anybody oh. else is anybody uh, tries to argue otherwise is just a plain Jane vanilla ice cream person. See, you said so much wrong there. It's a short space of time. We've not got enough time for me to break it all down. But firstly, vanilla is not plain. It's vanilla. And the reason vanilla goes with everything and is a base for so many flavors is because it is a universally beloved flavor. It's a guarantee. Mm. Vanilla ice cream is a guaranteed victory. And this is a lot about our personalities. Maybe you're a man of risk. You're a man of risk and you're a man of daring and you're a man of, uh, I'm willing to take a massive fail in order to get a massive success. <laughs> Whereas I, uh, I, you know, this- You're you know, vanilla. Was, You're just vanilla Tom Rennie. But, but, but vanilla, people like disparage it like mm. it's boring. It's not boring, it's a guarantee. Mm. It's a guaranteed victory. No one has ever in the history of humanity mm. had anything negative to say about vanilla. And because of that- it's safe. They say it's boring. Right, because they want to create a narrative of saying there's a negativity about vanilla. There is no negative. You can give it to children, to pensioners, to dogs, to frogs, to anyone in the world, and they would enjoy a vanilla. Every other flavor, there's a variable. Mm. And if you want guarantees in life, and there are no guarantees in life anywhere, I would say the only guarantee, and you can take this to the bank, the cream bank, you can take this to the bank of the churn. If you want a guarantee in life, it's not your choice of husband or wife. It's not mm. your job. It's, mm. it's, it's not the weather. It's not your system of government. It's not your favorite color or your first best friend or your second best friend or your favorite pet or your favorite teddy. The only guarantee in life is vanilla ice cream. And that is why it is the number one most dominant flavor of anything ever because the rest of life is risk and sadness vanilla is a win Week in the Tackle is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give us a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts.